Luke chapter 24, and we'll begin reading this morning in verse number one. The Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. They found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And notice verse number 8. The Bible says, And they remembered his words. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Lord, I want to thank you for the good singing that we've heard and God, how that we have set this day aside to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And I pray truly this morning that you'll give us liberty and vocabulary, speak to every heart. And God, for what you do, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. For we do ask it in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to take our text from verse number six and verse number eight where the men say to these ladies, they say here, uh, he is not here but is risen. Now notice this, remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And verse eight says, and they remembered his words. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject, on remembering the resurrection. Remembering the resurrection. You see, when you come to this text this morning, in verse number one, our text opens with the agony of that morning. As the Bible says, now upon the first day of the week, very early, in the morning they came unto the sepulcher. They did not come to the sepulcher to worship but they came to the sepulcher that morning to prepare what they thought would be the dead body of our Lord and it was a very agonizing morning and so there is the agony of that morning and then there's the answers in verse number two to their mystery as the Bible said that they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. You know that was a great mystery to them because they were no doubt wondering how that these ladies were going to be able to roll this stone away. But to their surprise, the stone was rolled away before they ever got there. Amen. You've heard it said many times that he didn't roll the stone away so that he could get out, but so that they could get in. And certainly that is a truth. And so there's the agony of that morning. There's the answers to their mystery. But then there's the absence of their master. As the Bible said in verse number three, that they entered in and they found not the body of the the Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm glad he's not dead, but he is alive this morning. Amen. They didn't find a dead God, but they found an empty tomb that was proof that he was alive. And so there is the absence of their master. Then in verse number four, there's the anxiety that's on their minds. As the Bible said, that it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. You see, you got to remember that when they looked inside that tomb, Brother Mike, they didn't get excited. They didn't get thrilled. They didn't start rejoicing because they didn't know what had happened. They thought somebody had came in and had taken Jesus' body away. The, my friend, the resurrection morning for them did not start out with rejoicing, but anxiety filled their mind. I'm gonna tell you, God knows how to deal with the anxiety in all of our life, amen? And we see here the anxiety that was in their mind. We see the appeal of these men in verse number five. As the Bible said it, as they were afraid, 
and bow down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? Amen. Brother, these men made an appeal to these women, why seek ye the living among the dead? You see, they knew something that that them women did not know. They knew he was alive. Amen. I'm telling you, we know something the world does not know. We know that Jesus Christ is alive and well. Can I get a witness right there? I'm telling you about the quietest place you'll go nowadays is the house of God. But if you're saved by grace and you've been born again and you know him in the free part of sin and you know he's not dead but he's alive, I'm telling you, they ought to be rejoicing not just on Easter Sunday but every Sunday. We ought to be excited that Jesus is alive. Amen. And so there's the appeal of these men. But then there's the announcement in verse number six of the message. As the Bible said, he is not here, but is risen. Amen. And can I tell you something about this message this morning, this announcement? This announcement is twofold. It is an announcement of the resurrection in verse number six, but it's also an announcement of remembrance in verse number six. That resurrection has to do with our Savior. He is not here, but he is risen. Amen. And then that remembrance has to do with the saints. Remember the words and remember how he spake unto you when he was in Galilee. And verse number eight says, and they remembered his words. You see, friend, there was an awakening of their memory by the word of God. The word of God, the words of Jesus awoke their memory that what they went to do that morning to to, to, to prepare a dead body was not going to take place, but that Christ was alive and was well. Amen. You know what I think we need nowadays in our churches? We need to remember the resurrection. Not just on Easter Sunday, but we need to remember it Sunday in and Sunday out, friend. For us that are saved, the resurrection is an everyday, uh, my friend, to a doctrine and belief in our, in our life. Amen. We celebrate a risen Lord every day when we pray to him, when we worship him, when we testify about him, when we pass out tracts and witness about him. What we're telling the world is he's not dead. He is alive. Amen. I'm talking about, friend, we need to remember the resurrection. Amen. He's alive this morning. Brother, I'm telling you, our churches ought to be alive. Amen. Our singing ought to be alive. Our preaching ought to be alive. Our worship ought to be alive. Isn't that right? I like to be around people that's got life in them, don't you? Nobody wants to hang around the graveyard. Nobody wants to hang around the cemetery. Nobody goes over there and picnics in the cemetery. They don't take their children there, amen, to have a good time at the cemetery. Oh, no, it's a place of mourning. It's a place of sorrow. It's a place of depression. But on this day, it was not a place of morning. It was not a place of depression. Thank God it became resurrection ground. For Jesus was alive and is alive and he's well. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this morning, the Bible said they remembered his words. When I read that, I thought to myself yesterday, I thought, what did they remember? You see, the answer to the words that they remembered is in verse 7. 
For the angel said in verse number six, or the men said he's not here but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in Galilee. What did he say? Verse seven tells us what he said. Saying, notice now three things he told them. The son of man must be, be, be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. So Jesus told them three things when he was in Galilee. He told them that they would have, that he would be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He told them that he would be crucified and that he would rise the third day. Those three things, my friend, is the words that they remembered in verse number eight. I wanna say this morning when you think about that, what they remembered was the word of God. What you and I need to remember is the word of God this morning, amen? You see the fact of the resurrection, it's not based on my emotions, it's not based on some miracle miracle, even though it was a miracle. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm basing the resurrection on. I'm basing it on the foundation of the word of God and what the Bible said, amen. Jesus did exactly what he said he would do, isn't that right? When you think about these three things that Jesus told them, he spoke about his delivery to the transgressors in verse number seven, that the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Now, why did Jesus tell them that he would be delivered in the hands of sinful men? Because it was prophetic. In Matthew 16, 21, he told them that. In Mark 8 and verse 31, he told them that. In Luke 9 and verse 22, he told them he would be delivered. And friends, so it should not have been a surprise uh, when he spoke to them about the delivery uh, into the hands of these transgressors. Then he spoke about his death on the tree as he said that he would be crucified. And certainly we know that Jesus was crucified. In Luke 23 and verse 33, the Bible says that when they come, were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. You see, Jesus predicted his deliverance uh, and he also predicted his death, amen he talked about his death on the tree but then he talked about his days in the tomb, he said that the third day he would rise again, I'm telling you what about a God that can pr predict his deliverance he predicted his death uh, but he also my friend, he predicted thank God the days he'd be in the grave uh, and the day that he would come out, uh, isn't that a blessing this morning, amen I'm talking about remembering the resurrection. When I look at these three things, I think about the first one has to do with his interrogation. The second one has to do with his crucifixion. And the third one has to do with his resurrection. The first one, my friend, is a very pitiful statement that Jesus would be delivered in the hands of sinful men. The second one is a very painful state statement as he would be crucified. But the third one is a very powerful statement that on three days later he's coming up out of the grave. Amen. Y'all still with me this morning? I'm glad for the resurrection. Hallelujah. Though the first one was terrible and the second statement was torturous, the third was triumphant as Jesus, uh, uh, my friend, sealed our salvation with his resurrection. Amen. You see, a dead Savior doesn't do us any good. That's why when you look at that cross this morning, there's no body on that cross. We're not Catholic, somebody say amen. We don't worship Mary and we don't worship a dead savior, amen. Uh, Mary was a godly woman, but we don't pray to Mary. Somebody say amen. 
We got one mediator between God and man. That's the man Christ Jesus, amen. He entered boldly, amen, and went into the throne room. He, through the eternal spirit, offered his blood. My friend put it on the mercy seat. And now we come not by Mary, but by way of the cross and the shed blood of Calvary. And we can come in the presence of God and we can pray. Why? Because he's not dead. He's alive this morning. Hallelujah. And we remember that resurrection. These three things this morning. By them remembering the resurrection. You know what it did for them? It gave them some things. And I want to give them to you this morning and I'll be done. Number one, by them remembering the resurrection, it gave them answers. You see, one verse of scripture, verse seven. Brother Logan, just remembering one verse gave them all the answers they need in their hour of despair. Do you know this morning that when you and I remember the resurrection, it reminds us that there's not nothing that our God cannot do. Christ does not only have the answer, but he is the answer this morning. I'm telling you, I don't know where you're at and you don't know where I'm at. But the bottom line is, he knows where all of us are at this morning and he doesn't have to figure out anything. God doesn't have to try to figure out an answer for the problems you and I are facing. He doesn't have to try to come up with some solution to try to fix your problem or to supply your need. Oh no, he is the supplier of every need, amen? Whatever he needs, that's what he is, amen? If he needs bread when they were in the wilderness, he was the manna that fell down from heaven. If they needed water, he was the water that came out of the rock. Amen. I'm telling you, if they needed protection in the fire, he was the fourth man in the fire. When he needed my friend the lions to have locked jaw, he was the one that gave the lions locked jaw. My friend Ezekiel said he was the wheel that's inside the wheel. That's a turn in this whole thing. You see, whatever Jesus needs, that's what he is. Amen. He said, if you need a door, he said, I am the door. Amen. He said, if you need a way, he said, and I am the way. If you're dead and you need life, he said, I am the life. He said, if you're living a lie and you need truth, he said, I am the truth. He said, if you need to be resurrected, he told Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Amen. If you need a shepherd, he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the great shepherd and I am the chief shepherd. You see, he don't have to borrow anything or try to come up with anything. He is the answer for all of our questions and all of life's problems. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about he didn't need the lad in his lunch, amen, but he used it anyway. He was the lunch, amen. You think five loaves and, and two fishes will feed over 5,000 people? Well, you know better than that. Even if you're from Alabama, you can do that math, amen. But I want to tell you this morning, uh, it wasn't the fact that that little lad, it wasn't a miracle in the loaves uh, and the fishes. Uh, the miracle was the hands uh, that those loaves and fishes was put in. Uh, and I want to tell you, friend, uh, his hands is the answer for our problems in life, amen. But you gotta remember the resurrection because if Jesus had the power to come out of the grave, he's got the power to fix any problem you and I have in life. Not only did it give them answers, but secondly, I want you to see this morning, not only did it give them answers, but I see here that it gave them assurance because once they heard his words, they was assured what had taken place. You see, these women didn't stand around debating what these men told them. My friend, they knew there was a deep, settled assurance that he was not dead. 
They had done heard from heaven, as the old songwriter said, and it's all right now. All their burdens, all their problems, all their perplexity had been taken away. I'm sure what they were gonna tell the world would not believe, but it did not matter. You know, when God gives you assurance, it really doesn't make no difference what everybody else thinks about it because the peace that God puts on the inside, it settles it all, amen? I'm telling you, I went down one day a sinner on my way to hell, but I got up saved on my way to heaven, amen? Sometimes a devil will come by, he'll say, well, you're not, saved. You know you really didn't get saved. He's been telling me that ever since the day I got saved. Amen. But I don't listen to him. You say preacher, why don't you listen to him? I've done got peace like a river. I've got deep settled assurance in my soul. And brother Smith, I say to him, if I'm lost devil, then could you explain to me how I can have such peace and such deep assurance? How that I cannot worry about death and hell and eternity. I'm telling you before before I got saved, anybody say something about hell or they'd say something about dying, I'd get nervous real quick, amen? And I'm telling you that for these past 30 years of my life, I've been able to peel my head at night and know that if I wasn't in wake up in the morning, I'll meet you in the morning by the bright riverside. A friend, that's peace and that's assurance that all the money of this world cannot buy you, amen? Brother, he is our assurance. He's our assurance of salvation. He's our assurance in the storm, amen. Like the old songwriter said, when my friend has said, uh, when the storm is raging, he said, stand by me, amen. Sometimes the storm does not quit. Sometimes the waves and the billows keep on a coming, but I'm glad there's a deep settled peace in the storm. There's a sweet assurance in the storm uh, that somehow, somewhere, someway, we're gonna make it to the other side, amen. I'm telling you, friend, the captain of our salvation on the old ship of Zion this morning when I remember the resurrected Lord, I find the assurance that he's never lost a victim. He's never had a casualty. He's never run the ship a boat. He's never shipwrecked, but she's still afloat and we're gonna make it to the other side. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you this morning, they found the answer. They found assurance. But then I see this this morning. They found the announcement. Because I thought to myself, Brother Brian, what are they gonna tell them? They're standing there looking in an empty tomb. The stone is rolled away. What are we gonna tell the world now? He's not only dead, but now he's missing. Where's he at? That's not an announcement you wanna tell the world. How would you like to be a Christian today and be worshiping and serving a Jesus that you did not know where he was at and you did not know what happened to him? You can tell the world that he's alive, but they're gonna say, well, what happened to him? Why was he not in the tomb? Where is he at? If we didn't have an answer, if we didn't have an announcement, boy, that would be a pitiful gospel, wouldn't it? We could preach his death. We could preach his burial, but we really don't know what happened. We don't know what happened beyond that. He went missing, amen? Oh, but I wanna tell you, he went missing, but we know where he's at, amen? He went missing, but there was an announcement that was about to be made. 
them ladies looked inside that tomb and they thought to themselves, oh my Lord, what are we going to tell Peter, James, and John? But no sooner had they looked in there, they saw that that tomb was empty with the body of our Lord, but it wasn't empty alone. Amen. There was two men standing there. The Bible says in shining apparel and they had an announcement and when they made that announcement, my friend, we've been making that announcement ever since. You say, what announcement is that? It's the announcement in verse number six that he is not here, thank God, but he's risen. He's alive. He's alive this morning. We serve a God that is alive. Hallelujah. This Jesus that we worship, he's not dead. He was a scene of, a, a, the John Paul, the apostle Paul said, he was seen of above over 500 brethren at once of Cephas and of John and even Paul in Acts 9 said as one born out of due times on the road to Damascus and Paul was carrying letters and breathing out threatenings and this same Jesus that come out of the tomb met Paul in a head on collision on the road to Damascus and Paul in the dust of the ground said Lord what will thou have me to do? I'm telling you friend Jesus made himself known to this world. Amen he showed himself he went into the Mount of Olives stood on the top of that mountain and ascended back into the glory world and the apostles standing there that day the Bible said that the angel spoke and said you men of Galilee why stand you gazing up into heaven I'm telling you friend I'm a looking aren't you I wish the resurrection, I wish the rapture take place right now. Amen. I don't know a better crowd to go to heaven with than this crowd right here this morning. I wish the sky would roll back and the graves would burst open this morning and our loved ones and our family and our friends and all of those we had to say goodbye to down here, we could say hello again in the air and join hand in hand and go to meet him in the air. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Hallelujah. What a great day that's going to be. And it might just be today. I'm talking about the remembering, the resurrection, the announcement this morning. I'm glad that this week, I watched some people get saved this week. I'm telling you, listen, I watched a young man uh, that looked like his life uh, was just beginning to start. I watched him come to an old-fashioned altar and get born again. I'm talking about, friend, listen, uh, uh, God worked and God saved that young man. I felt the presence of God in that place. Uh, I thank God for those people. You can tell they had a desire, wanting to see somebody get saved. Uh, and that dear lady, that, uh, that dear lady that got saved uh, on Thursday night or Friday night, I can't remember which night it was, uh, but I'm telling you, she come to the altar and, listen, got born in the family of God. Uh, isn't it good to watch people get saved? and every time somebody gets saved it's a reminder that the resurrection is still alive hallelujah you know what he said in Revelation 1 7 he said behold I'm he that liveth and was dead was dead and alive forevermore you ought to feel real special this morning that Jesus only died one time and he said I'm never going to do that again he said the one time that I died I died for you this morning. That ought to make a saint shout. It ought to make a sinner get saved. I want to ask you this morning as they come and get us a song ready. Do you know that you're born again? Do you know that you're saved this morning? How about it this morning, friend? 
I'd hate to be in this service and go out them doors and die lost without God. It's already been said this morning. Certainly we're praying for the family. I didn't know the family, didn't know the individual, the man that was killed just down the road here this week. It's already been said. He left work that morning and passed away in just a matter of moments. You never know when you're going to leave this world. Hebrews 9.27 is a fact. And it's appointed a man once to die. And after this, the judgment. How about it this morning? If you died right now today, where would you be in eternity? And I hope this morning that you've not convinced yourself. You better let the word of God convince you that you're saved. I hope you've not told yourself, well, I'm good, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm okay. I meet a lot of people like that. They live like the devil through the week. Go to church on Sunday, one service, and tell themselves they're going to heaven. Friend, if that's Christianity, then I wouldn't want anything to do with that. Now, I know that ain't popular, and that's that's really not popular in this day and time. But if all there was to being saved was going to church on Sunday and making myself feel good a few moments and getting a little fire insurance and then going out there and living as I please and do as I will, I could have done all that before I got saved. Amen. Brother, that ain't no different than than Reformers Anonymous or anything else. You say, well, preacher, what's new about you? I'm gonna tell you what's new about me. I'm not much this morning, but I can take you to the place. I can tell you the time I'm not talking about the time on the watch, but I could could tell you when the Lord saved me. My life was different. Before I got saved, I used to listen to rock music and and I'm telling you, I didn't know, I loved the music of the world and the things of the world. I didn't want to do a God. And after I got saved, I'm telling you something, it's the best thing ever happened in my life. 30 years later, Raise my hand and say, I'm glad to be a Christian. I'm not much of a Christian. But I, he's been much to me. I'm glad to be saved. I, 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 today, I don't want to go to the world. Some of you sitting here this morning, you can drink and dope and smoke and cuss and say you're saved. I wouldn't want what you've got, friend. I wouldn't want it. He said, well, preacher, I, you don't know what I got. No, but I know this much. If there ain't no chastisement in your life for doing those things, you ain't never been saved, friend. Devil slipped you a counterfeit. You're going to go to hell if you don't get born again. You better come clean and honest with God. Swallow your pride this morning. I know it's Easter Sunday. That's why I'm preaching this way because it may be the only time you hear the truth. You better go to a church where somebody will tell you the truth. Can I say this? Don't go to some church where some preacher's going to get up and lie to you and steal your money. Pat you on the head and tell you you're okay and live as you please and do as you will. He said, well, preacher, don't you believe in grace? I sure do. For by the grace of God are you saved and through faith and that not of yourself. I'm going to tell you something about that same grace that saves you. You know what Titus said about that grace? He said, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. I'm going to tell you something before I got saved. I didn't want to live soberly, righteously, and godly. Isn't that right? Brother, when you get Jesus in your heart, you don't want to do the things you used to do no more. Isn't that right, Brother George? You don't want to drink and do dope anymore. Amen. There's one that got saved out of dope and drugs. Amen. You don't want to live that wicked lifestyle anymore when you get saved. You know why? Because God changes the want to. 
I remember a preacher, he used to make that statement all the time. He'd say, God ever changed the want to in you. If the want to never got changed, friend, I'd do some checking up this morning. I'd make sure I had more than religion this morning as we stand, our heads about eyes are closed.